it started to kind of go through its different phases. And then I think the time that he really recognized it is when I was about to actually share the YouTube video that I posted, and I kind of showed him the video. And I think that's when he actually got the full story, which probably was a lot too late, which we chatted about, which we'll probably get into. But it's crazy how you don't even always realize yourself. And so how can your partner be expected to realize and empathize when you're not even realizing what's going on within you? I mean, like for me, like I said, not intuitive. Like <laughs> when she would like the thing about the smoothies, that wasn't me being like, oh, there's something wrong. It was like me from a nutrition and personal trainer standpoint, like, no, you just need to eat more food for the amount of activity you did. Like it wasn't in my head like, a, oh, there's there's something going on. You know, it was like from a totally different perspective. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and I am beyond excited for today's show. We have the beloved Mallory Page back on the show for a third time, but this time with a surprise guest, her partner in crime, love, YouTube co-star, and co-parent to Milo and Otis, aka Brian. You guys have probably seen him in her YouTube videos, on Instagram, with F45 training videos, but I just have so much love and appreciation for these two humans and their fur babies. It was just truly a blast to record with them and get this dual outlook on today's topic, eating disorders and relationships. Now, I must say, as a little backtracking here, for as friendly, open, and connecting as I am, when it comes to, like, building friendships, where I feel 100% trusted, loved, supported, etc. I royally suck. As in, like, I just can't find people to handle my full energy. I sometimes feel like I'm a hurricane, where it's, like, sometimes calm water, and then other times I'm just, like, this extreme hurricane overwhelm of energy. And so, yes, I have lots of friends, many of you listening, many not listening. However, I really do struggle to let people in like to truly let them into my hurricane of a life. And yet somehow Mal is just one of those people. Because as crazy as my energy is, hers is just as crazy. I mean, if I'm a hurricane, she's like a tornado. And I mean that in the best possible way. I know she'll she'll understand what I mean. (laughs) Our energy doesn't clash, I guess. It just feels like we've been friends in another lifetime. Soul Sisters, something similar to that, you know. And Brian is just as amazing. Whenever Mal and I are chatting on the phone, Brian is there. And so he just understands us and he gets this friendship. He's supported me and the podcast ever since Mal's first appearance. And so it only seemed natural for all three of us to sit down for one epic and recorded conversation. And then, as I mentioned... We are on this topic of eating disorders in relationships. And, you know, one day I was just reading this article or caption something about 
eating disorders and relationships and how it affects people differently. And I just had this eureka moment of, wow, I need to have Mal and Brian on the show to understand how they dealt with that. So boom, idea was born and we got it planned. So we got on the call and let's just say I'm extremely excited for you all to listen. First, they show up on the Zoom call in like fucking matching outfits with gray shirts and the same glasses and their fur baby Otis and my heart just burst. Like you know it's going to be a good conversation when that's the intro scene. So good vibes already. And then I will say the first 35 minutes of this conversation are actual solid discussion on the times of struggle and the beginning of their relationship and Mal's struggles with eating disorders. And then around the 35 minute mark, shit gets real and (laughs) like we're still discussing important things, but I'm also laughing hysterically throughout like the rest of it. Um, They start discussing like more of the present day stuff there and you know, it just, the conversation goes in a whole new direction. But what I really enjoyed about having them both on and about this conversation in particular is how they were able to share both sides of the story, right? So one side is Mal, and from her perspective of struggling through an eating disorder with exercise addiction, restriction, binging, and all the other things, while Brian is able to share his perspective, his side of the story, as the partner and the one being on the outside of it all in the relationship. So as they explain, Mal was struggling through these times but it wasn't an open topic in their relationship. And then the college environment they were in didn't really help because it sort of disguised some of Mal's behaviors around food and exercise. I mean, side note, personally, I was in college for five days and I saw so much ED and diet culture as being normal that it boiled my blood. (laughs) So as Brian explains from his viewpoint, at first, some of the stuff seemed semi-normal, you know, that college life stuff of late nights and, you know, you go to the gym so that you can drink later and girls not eating and all this stuff that really does happen in a college environment. But then how eventually he did start to worry from an actual nutrition standpoint for Mal. In that, we discuss how all these behaviors and habits started to impact their relationship. So thinking, you know, like being scared to attend social events or food fears at restaurants, Uh, Or just, you know, removing these aspects of normalcy from their relationship. When Mal decided to open up about her struggles is when things shifted. And we really dive into how to do that. How to have open communication. How to approach that topic. And then from Brian's viewpoint, how to take that information in and start to understand it. So then, as I mentioned before, once we hit that 35-minute mark, the chat gets much more like present-day things. Um, So we discuss topics such as body image from both Mal's perspective and Brian's, advice from each side of their partnership to support recovery, and then how having someone with a normal relationship to health, quote-unquote, can be so beneficial. I'm sure you guys have heard that one before. Uh, But like Mal gives an example of how she struggles with body image someday, some days versus Brian, and not only is it hilarious, but it's very true, and I just think that, you know, when you hear that part, you'll be like, oh yeah, this is so damn true. 
<laughs> and of course, if you aren't already a fan of Mal's YouTube, it is amazing. And we discuss how that played a part actually in her opening up to Brian. More about some of these eating disorder, you know, previous habits and thoughts and things she still struggled with. So it's just overall a truly inspiring very honest and fun conversation. You will have a lot to take away, a lot to consider, but you will also be laughing at many times throughout, I promise. So to connect with Mal, she is on Instagram at Mal's Fit Kitchen, and be sure to check out her YouTube at Mallory Page. Brian is also on Instagram, however, I am blanking for his handle at this moment, but I'm going to have it linked below. And I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. No, okay, you know what? Brian deserves to have his Instagram handle read. Let me look it up. Give me a hot second here. Okay, I found it. I'm probably going to butcher this, but his handle is at Brian C. Brinsky. I'm going to spell that, okay? At B-R-I-A-N-C-E-B-R-Y-N-S-K-I. But to be easier, just look below. It'll be linked, I promise. And as a special last-minute addition, since I feel bad that I probably butchered his Instagram handle, if you guys can get Brian to 500 followers because you support and you want to support this show and him and Mal, go follow him. And if you get him to 500 followers, Mal and I will record another episode this summer and you guys get to pick the topic. That is a promise. And I'm sure Mal will agree with me. <laughs> so show some love and support and we'll see what happens, okay? Okay. Uh, so let us know if you listen, what resonates, share it on your story, tag us. If you want to leave a rate and review, I'd appreciate it, but you don't have to. I'm just grateful you're here listening. Uh, so I really hope you guys enjoy. Let us know what you think. And without further ado, here is Mal and Brian. Real quick before this episode begins, I forgot to mention this in the intro, but there was a bit of a mishap on my end where I thought we had to end the recording much earlier than we actually did. So I did a wrap-up question with Mal and Brian and then realized we still had a solid like 40 minutes that they could record for. So I tried my best to edit this episode, but just bear with me. I think it's towards the end. You'll hear us just talking about like some really fun things like food trucks in Austin and eating food and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden it switches to, so as your wrap-up conclusion to this interview. So keep that in mind. Bear with it. Um, I promise besides those little editing mishaps, it is a great episode. So enjoy. We're chatting all things recovery and relationships with my favorite couple today. But first, a surprise opening foodie question that'll be a quick one. So Mal, I want to know what the your favorite meal that Brian makes is. And then Brian, you can answer next. And yours is going to be your favorite recipe of Mal's. So kick it off, oh, Mal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is hard too because I feel like we have different types. You know, there's the savory meals that Brian makes and the sweet ones, but he definitely is the waffle maker, I feel like, in our relationship. He definitely kills the waffle game, but also he's a little bit sad right now because he doesn't have a grill, but that's like the, the his favorite, you know, that's when he really feels like he's thriving. It's when he's got the grill going and the sweet potato fries going and all the action, but I feel like the waffles at the current moment is the go-to 
meal. Yeah, big waffle guy. <laughs> big grill guy, too. Oh, my goodness. I would say, yeah, I got to pick two. Like, because she has Why? so... I can't because you have, like, all the food you make, but then you have all the baked goods. Yeah. So that's, like, not even fair. Yeah. Like, okay, one of each. I, yeah, you can do two. Yeah, okay. So I think right now I've been on a real kale kick. So the uh, <laughs> coconut kale curry mm. is a current fave for sure. And then when it comes to sweets, it would be really hard because I love cookies, but it would probably have to be her brownies. Yeah, those are a throwback. Yeah. I would have to... Keep them on the blog. Yeah. You got to <laughs> post those ready. again. Yeah. I know. I should post them again because those are, those are, that would, be, that would be my fave though because you can put ice cream on them, you can put <laughs> walnuts in them, peanut butter. Like they're just versatile. They're like the ultimate vehicle of a dessert where you can do anything. Yeah. With them. yeah. Yes. Like find a good brownie and you're set for life. Okay. Exactly. Well, well, that was like the most pressing question I had in my mind, but um, no. So Mal, let's start out with you. So in the beginning of your relationship with Brian, how would you describe your relationship to yourself, to health, food, fitness, just kind of set the scene here? It's funny because we were talking about this, not even just when we knew we were coming on, but before about how we're both. We are similar, but we are also so different than how we were when we were first together. So when I was first, when Brian and I were going into our relationship, it's kind of a funny story how we got together, but basically we saw each other at the gym, like not knowing who each other was. And we both had literally huge crushes on each other. Like our friends can vouch. Like we literally thought we were like the cutest, like, separately we were obsessed with each other and then our friends actually had a mutual connection and they connected us but I tried to hit on Brian before and not really hit on him but like Jim hit like oh are you done with that equipment so like you know you're really trying to make a move and Brian would just ignore me and I was like whatever it's never gonna happen he doesn't like me anyway that was a side tangent <laughs> but when I came back I had actually been abroad for the full summer and it was kind of that semester from my sophomore year and then going into that summer where I felt like I started to try to make some changes in ways that would seem funny to other people, but like just incorporating foods that I hadn't before and really trying to release that, which is, you know, a big deal for us people that are going through recovery. And so when I was in Europe, I had a lot of freedom. I didn't work out. I didn't do anything. And that was great. But then when I came back, I struggled with the in-between, you know, I was going between like exercising and not eating enough and all this crazy stuff, but then also like still wanting to party and having freedom and eating things. So I feel like I was in a confusing spot and I didn't even realize where I was when I was coming back. So Brian was kind of walking into it in a tricky situation, but I don't even think he was fully aware of kind of that because there were other things going on in a relationship that were more like pressing at the time, I would say. Yeah. But yeah. So Brian, like when you first met Mal then, besides ignoring her at the gym, um, <laughs> no, uh, like did you pick up on any insecurities or just like any of her little health interests, things that just kind of seemed off to you? Or did it seem normal considering you guys were, you know, college that age? I feel like it can sometimes be normal to say these certain things about, you know, body image or food or exercise. Yeah, I mean, like for me, 
like I knew she was a personal trainer. That was like her our, our code name. She was personal trainer girl. <laughs> uh, but I knew she was like a personal trainer. I knew she was in like nutrition because my roommate the year before was actually in her major. Um, so like I thought that was all just normal stuff because like I had you know done the calorie counting and like extreme workouts like in college before. So it was like oh she just likes to be fit and healthy more than the normal college girl like whatever I didn't really think anything of it so I had like I didn't really know or think of any signs I'm also not intuitive I don't pick up on anything so yeah okay no I mean that makes sense because as you said it is like there was nothing to really question any unhealthy things and as Mal said a lot of us you know going through that stage know it it can seem normal to people. It's very easy unless someone knows what thoughts are going through your mind to kind of hide it. So at what point, Mal, did you like, did you ever, or at what point did it kind of enter the relationship of, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Like, like, was there a point where you just became more open about what you were going through with him? Yeah. I feel like we tried to kind of put together this timeline because I feel like I think, as you know, a lot of us have such different recovery stories, and there are those typical stories, which none is easier or harder than the other. It's just they're all different. And so I felt like my journey was very, not untraditional, but just very long and drawn out. And I, I think that's my own, like, to my own fault. I wish I had done something earlier on to just be like, okay, this was a problem. Let's just you know, let's get some more support, but I didn't. So it went on from basically my sophomore year. It started in basically my junior year of high school, went on until my sophomore year of college when I started to try and then went. I still think it is a continuing process today, but I know that's a topic that goes back and forth. I'm not trying to say wrong or right. I just, I feel so different from where I was back then. But anyways, that aside, that was kind of how it went in our relationship. That was a hard thing. And I think that looking back, I wish I had been a little more open, but it's also kind of like what we all know with recovery. Some of the problem was that there were other things that I was dealing with that seemed more pertinent. So when we first got together, I was having crazy panic attacks all the time and he was having to help me with that. And then after that, it's kind of like, okay, then I was dealing with bloating. And then I feel like it started to uncover itself and I almost realized wait this is like one of the deeper issues of all of this but I didn't get that until I peeled back the layers so we were thinking that mostly it started probably in my junior year because that's when I started having trouble with like huge binges and you know I'd be healthy during the week then I felt like my binges got more and more extreme like I could eat literally an entire large pizza and drink a bottle of wine by myself but I felt horrible like and it was not it felt like it was out of my control so I think I tried to share that but he was a little confused by what like did I feel guilty because I ate that much did I feel guilty because I was drinking and then when we went long distance for my senior year because he had graduated Feel like he started to pick up on things that maybe weren't great so when I was going through bloating and I was just having so much pain I didn't want to eat because I didn't want to eat anything and he would say okay well you're doing all this activity and you're teaching and you're working out and yet you're gonna have just one smoothie for dinner and you didn't eat enough during the day so it would be kind of that I didn't share until it started to kind of 
go through its different phases. And then I think the time that he really recognized it is when I was about to actually share the YouTube video that I posted, and I kind of showed him the video. And I think that's when he actually got the full story, which probably was a lot too late, which we chatted about, which we'll probably get into. But it's crazy how you don't even always realize yourself. And so how can your partner be expected to realize and empathize when you're not even realizing what's going on within you? Yeah. I mean, like for me, like I said, not intuitive. Like <laughs> when she would like the thing about the smoothies, that wasn't me being like, Oh, there's something wrong. It was like me from a nutrition and personal trainer standpoint, like, no, you just need to eat more food for the amount of activity you did. <laughs> like it wasn't in my head, like a, oh, there's, there's something going on. You know, I was like from a totally different perspective. Yeah. So kind of like a general care perspective of anyone looking at a situation or, you know, anyone with kind of a semblance of what proper health nutrition yeah, is. Like I, would, I would do the same thing for like my little brothers. I would be like, <laughs> all right, dummy, like you literally did stuff all day, eat some food. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what makes the difference, right? Is because people can see if we take it to those extremes of, you know, like hardly eating anything or of like, like, you know, like you said, eating the entire large pizza and the bottle of wine, but then it's like the tricky, tricky in between moments where it gets hard. And then also like they notice those extreme external things happening, but they don't correlate that to the mental internal dialogue that's happening. And that's, I think where it's most detrimental, you know, like you, like you said, the guilt, like he could see that you had eaten the entire pizza and bottle of wine, but he couldn't associate like the guilt and all the emotions going through your mind in those moments either. I mean, no one really can. Yeah. yeah. And I think definitely like the environment you're in, like college is just like a whole set of blinders mm. basically. Like, yeah, you work out and eat healthy during the week and then it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. Let's eat whatever we want, drink whatever we want, hang out with friends. And you don't like think about it as like a binge yeah. But then like you graduate and you're like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah. I think that is an, a really big issue. And that's the funny thing is, you know, all there are people that are men and women and college and not that go through these pro problems and at every school. But at our school, it was basically people, you know, that were like models that came from a lot of like money and it was a definitely a different environment, even that I wasn't fully used to. He grew up a little bit more in that, but not to the same extreme. And so that was, I think, an interesting thing, not that you would even just see with singular people, but in the couple dynamic and relationship yeah. dynamic, is that is what people would do. Like, I mean, men, they would, why do they go to the gym? They go to the gym so that they can look big for a party and then they drink and binge the whole weekend. And then the girls, it's, there's such a fine line because some girls, you know, maybe they do a little bit of that. Maybe they have some, you know, food issues or a little bit of those struggles, which I think we all know, but then you can see the other extreme too. And that's kind of what I was going through. And I think, you know, Brian had a lot of friends that were girls throughout college. And I think that was one of the hardest things is he struggled to see. I don't think you had ever dealt with someone that had the same issues as I did. And you would be confused. Like, okay, I don't know why, today you can eat a pizza and it's fine, but then during the week you can't, or why is it bad if I ask you to do, go to a restaurant today that you're, but then on the weekend you're fine with it. And he struggled to figure out what that balance was. And that was because I wasn't 
sharing exactly what was going on in my head throughout the whole time. And how would he understand that? <laughs> you know, if he hasn't understood yeah. or gone through that. Well, and like, I just thought of this too, but like I worked at a sorority in college and <laughs> I saw every form of like eating pattern in females. <laughs> so like, I didn't know like any normalcy. Like there was girls that would eat 12 bowls of salad for lunch and then girls that would be like, don't care eating a whole pizza. So it was like, there was, there was no normalcy to it. And like, so I just didn't pick up on cues. I was like, girls are just weird to eat. <laughs> they just like eat different. It is true. But um, yeah, and it's true like what you said about the environment, because I mean, as you guys know, and people who listen, I was at college for a whole solid week. But even in that short time I was there, I was amazed at like the talk because I was aware of eating disorders and stuff when I went into it. And I had kind of, I didn't have that type, those type of people in my life. And so I went to college and, you know, like the girls next to me in class were talking about how they were skipping their meals during the day so that they could go out that night to party and eat and drink. And I was just sitting there like, what the hell? Like, I just... <laughs> such a, you know, fish out of water moment for me. But just being there that week, I really saw like, this is how, this is why so many people I interview now say that their disordered eating habits either started or flourished in college, because I think it is a really big breeding ground for it. And um, also like there is no semblance of normal to even look at compare to like, everyone's kind of doing it. So why not me? You know, it's, yeah, it's very true. I think that's like a big issue possibly for anyone listening that's in that college age or a little after, a little before, like take that into consideration that what you see around you isn't always normal, best kind of, you know, what you need to be doing. Um, yes. yeah. And then Mal, you were saying that, you know, it kind of affected, I wanted to ask you about like, if there were anything, in, anything in particular that really affected your relationship, you know, like as a whole, because of your interest and you know fascinations with the health scene so you kind of mentioned he'd get confused about like why can't we go out to eat now but you wail on the weekend so what other ways or those included did it actually make an impact on your relationship together yeah I think that I mean even today in a different way there are things that do impact our relationship but I think as you find people that are similar to you you know that starts to fade away, but we even chatted about kind of the fact that it could put strains on not only our relationship, but also the relationships of people that we're trying to be friends with or just people in my life. Because I feel like as I know you've talked about this in a podcast, but I think that during that time, eating disorders, you're super selfish and yet you're trying to be in a relationship and you can't be fully selfish in a relationship. So Brian and I have also gone through our ups and downs where we've had points where I'm selfish, where he's selfish, but I feel like in the beginning, I was needing so much time and care and attention in multiple ways. And it also affected the fact that he maybe couldn't just go see his normal friends or maybe friends that we wanted to meet I would have all these fears about where we would go to eat and, oh, and he's kind of embarrassed because I'm probably going to have to ask 25 questions about what's in the food. And it's just, you know, it, it does put a strain. And now obviously I still have things that we both have to avoid, but it comes from a better intent and it's not out of fear. So 
I think that was the biggest struggle is just the fact that in the beginning of our relationship, I feel like there was so much more of him having to tend to me and me being a little bit selfish. And sometimes as we all know, you're literally crazy. Like the things that you're doing don't always make sense. And having someone that doesn't understand that, that has never had those kind of thoughts, try to understand you. I literally saw a YouTube video by this girl, Rebecca, I think her last name is Long, and she has her boyfriend come on and they talked about this. And he said that, he's like, you have to understand that this person literally is not sane in their mind at the same, like, yes, maybe you love them and you love the, everything about them. But when it comes to food, they don't think the same way as you. And it's really not always sensical. And so I think that was really challenging to try to work through and also work through in a college environment where you're literally surrounded by people all the time and kind of the center of everything is who are the friends you have, who are the people you're talking to, what are you going out and doing? And I'm just afraid of every one of those steps. I mean, like there was definitely the biggest thing to get over. Now I don't care because she'll literally like whip out a camera and film YouTube at a restaurant and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but like being dating like the annoying girl that's gonna ask the waiter two hundred questions, mm -hmm. like what's in this, what's in that, can I substitute this? And then, like, if we knew we were going to dinner somewhere and she couldn't eat, it'd be like, okay, I gotta make her dinner before, and then she'll only get a salad when we're there. Mm -hmm. And, like, stuff like that. And so, yeah, that was, like, the hard part in college, for sure. And then once we were, like, long distance, it wasn't, like, as big of a deal. Like, we had specific places that we knew we would go when I, come, when I like, came to visit. And then... And then when I like actually got diagnosed with like a wheat allergy, I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like it, it made it like a lot, a lot different. And like, I kind of like sympathize like how difficult it can be. And like, you know, you can't go to your regular places or order your regular things because you'll literally get sick. But I don't know. I think we're a lot better like about it now and it doesn't really affect us. Like we're kind of is on the same page yeah. with it like mm -hmm. there's certain things like I know like we're not always gonna be able to go to like a barbecue place unless they have chicken <laughs> but like yeah you know well but we but we find restaurants and like food that we both like a lot and it's like you know before I can imagine it it's it can be frustrating confusing whatever when you're go trying to go out with someone and like you know mal said you said you're making 20 you have 20 questions making yeah. substitutions and you don't know why and then it gets to the point where you either are die you know you have something of your own or they just open up and explain like hey i just really would prefer to you know not eat meat with this meal or not have you know have something gluten free and if you can have like that bit of understanding or even you know connection where you're both avoiding wheat I think that can also then help kind of heal it like you said because now you both understand why you're going to these restaurants and it kind of builds that you know connection between you except the Brian you know looking for yeah. his barbecue <laughs> well and I think it's also the intention too because in the past I mean I, it's hard because the lines get gray and I we've talked about this but you know, the difference between taking something out because it really does not make you feel good and or you're basically allergic or taking something out because you're afraid of it. And so before it was, I was afraid of everything and some of them didn't have any good reason to it. You know, it was like, oh, there's no way I could have 
fried chips because there's canola oil or there's no way that I could just drink that milk, that, that oat milk, because who knows if there's some gargum in it or some crap like that. You know what I mean? But now it's okay. I just cannot have dairy in this meal because I literally, that's just, that's a no, that's a no go. We'll all be suffering. So if you can get on the same page as that, but that's so different than when you're doing it out of a fear place. And also the reaction, you know, if in the past, if I had something that I didn't think was a good fit, even if it didn't make me feel bad, you literally convince yourself, you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And you will get in your head and you are convinced that you are just going down. Like you're dying because you had that little bit of cane sugar. <laughs> like So crazy when I think back of it now. Versus the other day we went to a coffee shop and they actually put milk in my latte. I literally could taste it within the first second it hit my tongue and I was like nope and I swear part of the mindset of it is I just said okay I'm not gonna freak out it's gonna be fine you know this it's not gonna be a big deal my body's not gonna freak out and I was fine but if you think every single time that you're going to have this huge reaction you probably will so I definitely think the intention behind it made a big difference knowing it's coming from a good place and communicating as to why you're doing it rather than just doing it because you're afraid of everything and there's kind of a poor intent behind it. Yeah. So then when you were, like you said, as you kind of work towards recovery and you start having that intention behind your choices and explaining that further, like in what ways did Brian support you in recovery? And then also though, I'm curious, like, are there any things, you know, we were talking before recording about like trigger words can be something that a lot of people just don't understand. And that makes sense. Um, you know, I'm happy some people aren't triggered by a simple word, but you know, like what were some highs and lows you kind of struggled with in that realm of recovering while being in a relationship with someone who doesn't always, you know, understand this crazy world of, you know, disordered eating. Yeah. I think the biggest difference for sure was when I started to communicate it. i Feel like he was able to help a lot more which was great and just supporting me and maybe pushing me to do things that I he knew I was not doing because I was afraid of them so say I don't want to eat a snack because I just ate lunch an hour before and he says okay why wouldn't you just eat a snack it doesn't matter what time it is and that's still something you know that it's it sounds so stupid but it is for someone that's recovering it feels like a huge deal or, you know, pushing yourself out of the comfort zone, even within the guidelines that I am now able to have, which I always try to emphasize, I wouldn't, wasn't able to start and I didn't go through pseudo recovery, quote unquote, because I actually did go through the full period where I introduced everything. But now, even when I still have thoughts or struggles, it's like, well, maybe instead of getting the salad or the bowl, let's get the gluten-free pizza or dairy-free pizza because you don't, you should. So just small things like that. But there were also ways when we were first starting and I wasn't communicating it as well, that he would really push me into doing eating foods or doing things that made me feel super uncomfortable. But I wanted to be relaxed, you know, oh, let's go to the bagel shop this morning. And I'm like, you know, I don't really want to. And he's like, well, why not? And pushing me, but in not knowing why that was. So that's the hard thing. Or also sometimes I think as people that are recovering, we ask triggering questions that we almost want the wrong answer to. 
be like, well, I feel like I don't want to work out today, but I should work out because I'm, you know, I just feel like my body has been great. And they'll be like, okay, well, if you want to work out, you should. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, are you telling me I'm fat? It's, <laughs> so, it's all a trap. Yeah. There's no right answer. Not on purpose, but yeah, I just think that those are the hard things. And yet, as I said, once you start to communicate it, even if that person makes mistakes or has things they say that aren't quote unquote perfect or triggering, we can't totally control that all the time. We have to get used to that. But I do think the biggest difference is that sometimes you just have to be very clear <laughs> that you're going through the struggles in order for that person to actually know how to respond and what to say. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like sometimes I know when she's just like having a irrational thought, I'll call it. And so like, we'll be at dinner and I'll just order chips and guac. Like she has no say, but it just comes out and it's like, they're here. We're eating them. <laughs> or like, you know, just stuff like that. Kind of just like not give her the option or I'll just cook us, cook something or make a shake and be like, here, here's half you know yeah mm. when it's like like you're question not questioning her but like she said kind of like pushing her of like hey let's try this let's like let's do this and when you can just like make a meal or order something to the table it kind of takes because like as mal can explain like we have those back and forth thoughts of should i order the chips and guac probably not i just had that earlier like you go back and forth and if brian just orders it to the table it's like skirt like okay chips and guac let's go like it's it's game time <laughs> and then brian like i'm curious are there any other you know like lessons or just things you've picked up on since you've become like pretty much a part of mal's recovery journey like for anyone that's listening you know and they're in a relationship or they want to help their partner understand is there anything that you weren't aware of before and going through this and watching mal go through this has kind of clued you into how to support and really follow along the journey? Yeah, I think like the biggest part is like now I'm aware of it and like I see it like there's so many people that don't even realize that it's an issue like guys, girls, so many friends I have that it's like, oh, I think we all kind of obviously not to the same extent, but like some people have like different forms of it and it's much more prevalent. Obviously, there's different extremes. So just like being more aware of it, definitely she's helped me with that. And then to like recognize if she's like falling into old tendencies, just like being observant of like her patterns and stuff. And I think the biggest thing like as like being in a relationship with someone that's going through it is being as understanding as you can because you'll never fully understand it unless you've also gone through something similar. So just being willing to listen and trying to understand, but also being flexible that like, there's good days, there's bad days there and just try and like help keep them on track when they want to go off track, but just being flexible that, you know, you never know how they're going to wake up feeling that day. If it's going to be, they can have a bad body image day or feel bloated or just not have a big appetite and just being flexible and being able to help them cope with those days. I love it. Yeah. Keeping an open mind to, to like every possibility that could be going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, Not being too pushy though also, because I definitely have a tendency to be like, let's make brownies three days in a row. 
We all need that sort of energy. Um, but no. <laughs> uh, so Mal, you know, when it did come to recovering and you're in this relationship, did you ever feel a self-induced pressure almost to maintain you know, that similar body that you went into the relationship with. And we all know that beauty and confidence and all that does not come from our external factors, yet we still feel it. So, you know, how did you feel about your body actually changing and learning to be more comfortable with it, not only by yourself, but in a relationship with someone that you love and you want them to continue to love you? Yeah, it's so interesting because Brian was not a part of my life when I was, when I looked the most scary, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. When I was in the worst part of it, I just, you, we all know that your body can, even when you're going through different types of disorders, it can change. So, you know, you could be going through a certain type and your body looks a certain way and then that will change. So when I was, during that part, he never saw me, but we did meet, quote unquote, at the gym. So it's almost like this pressure because you know that's kind of what they think of you, right? And then you're going into a relationship. And after I went abroad, my body was actually probably, I don't want to say the worst because it was at the point it needed to be in order to help me heal and recover. That was a time when I just needed to you know, eat all the foods and it just didn't matter. But I was really self-conscious about my body more than I had ever been in my entire life. And the funny thing was, is that's when we started dating. So like, you know, it's, and maybe Brian in his head could have thought, oh, you know, maybe she looks different, but I don't really think guys think about it quite as much as we think they do. And if they do, then maybe they're not the right fit because they may be the worst. But then as my body changed, it's just funny because I feel like at every step, Brian's same answer, I'll say, oh, how does my body look right now? And he's always like, it looks good. I've always, it doesn't matter where I've been at. It's like, yeah, I think you're looking really good. And I've, it doesn't matter what day it is, what time it is, it's always the same thing. So I really don't feel like they notice. And I think most of the time they're just happy when you're not freaking out all the time. And so when you're in the best relationship with yourself, I feel like that's actually when they are the happiest, even though you quote unquote may not be as happy with your body. It's funny because other people are actually more happy most of the time because you're not constantly worrying. Yeah. I don't know. Like for me, I've always been like when she's, like actually happy like that's when I'm the happiest but I never also like think she looks bad her favorite thing to call herself is stuffed sausage oh, so don't share that on here <laughs> so literally she's like oh I, you don't feel this way or look this way I'm like no you don't shut up so, so like I don't know like guys like we I I don't know. We don't notice like as much like obviously if it was to one extreme or the other where it was like unhealthy, like mm -hmm. obviously I would say something, but no, like she also like girls blow and like fluctuate day to day. And half the time she's bloated when she like says that. And I'm like, you're literally bloated or like on your period, like shut up. You're being dramatic. Every, <laughs> we are more caring than that, but also we're not. We're more, <laughs> More, we're more of a blunt relationship kind of but also Brian does say the things when I actually mean it 
But anybody that gets bloated understands the stuffed sausage. Okay, let me know. When you put on your leggings and you feel like you're in a casing, I'm sorry for the vegans out there, but it's true. It's the best description. Anyways, I don't know why Brian had to expose me like that, but. They <laughs> give the people the content they want. This is what the people want. No, but yeah, it is, it is so true where, I mean, besides the stuffed sausage thing, because that is so realistic. I mean, there's a reason I've been wearing like stretchy shorts for the past four days. Yes. Like it's a legitimate issue. So Brian, like that was a good context to bring up, but um, like it is, <laughs> it is so true where like we're, I think we get so overly aware of our bodies because you know, maybe the bloating is actually uncomfortable and you can't wear anything besides stretchy shorts or leggings. And so we just become so super like down to the detail of like aware of our bodies. And I don't know, you know, maybe some guys do, maybe they don't, but I just think that we can get so in our heads of, yeah, like to Brian, it makes sense of like, yeah, you're bloated today or bodies fluctuate. Like it just happens. Like your body's holding some more water today or it's tired, inflamed, whatever. And for us, we don't always see it as that. We just see it like, I'm, I feel big today. You know, I feel like that's kind of an over overall thing, or we feel one certain way. We don't really take into account the logical part of, oh yeah, I'm just bloated or you know, bodies fluctuate, whatever. And it seems like Brian or having just like another partner, someone to kind of reason with you and make you see like, okay, yeah, this isn't a big deal. I just need to calm down. And um, like he said, that's when, you know, he's happy when you're happy. And I think that kind of is like what a good partnership is when you can just be happy for the other without caring at all about body because that shouldn't even kind of really be in the equation unless it is a health issue as he you know yeah. said one extreme to the next well that's what i think like another big thing is that like the pressure on females from like social media and stuff i feel like is a lot more than the pressure necessarily on guys there's so much there's so much like on Instagram and YouTube and only, you know, people posting the good stuff. Right. And that's what I like about, you know, you guys in particular is like, you're not afraid to, to show good days, bad days, the in between, whatever. And so there's a lot more pressure on females. I feel like where guys, it's like dad bod, celebrate it, go for it. You know, <laughs> belly's out for the world. And so there's, there's not as much pressure. Like I could look in the mirror and I'm like, Ooh, I look ripped today. And then, or I could look in the mirror and be like, keg is out. Don't care though. So it's like, but girls, I feel like you're a lot more in your head just because of the stigma of society and what is, you know, necessarily portrayed as ideal versus what's actually, you know, healthy. Yeah. And I, this made me think of this because I think this is so funny. So I feel like girls, as we know, we can get so down on ourselves for what we've talked about. And Oh, I know where this is going. I don't know. I don't think you do. And yet, guys, Brian will wake up one morning and he'll be like, dang, I'm, you know, I'm looking small today, right? Then he gets out one of his little resistance bands and he does like five, like push, like he does some, you know, bicep curls and then he does some push-ups and he's like, wow I'm, I'm looking good i'm like your entire feeling changed in three minutes 
that will take me like five days sometimes. A little, little self-pump up. Yeah, and I just think that's so funny, and that's why I think the relationship between men and women or partners too, this can be just different between two partners, is so funny because they just do not think about it as much. And obviously there are men that do, and that's why I don't want to stigmatize one way or the other, but just in our relationship, I always think that's hilarious. Just the, <laughs> you can literally just do some curls and some push-ups, And then the fact that they're confident enough to just outwardly say, oh yeah, I'm looking good today. I mean, the amount of girls that would do that and also the backlash that could come, but that's a whole different story. It's so different. So that's just, I think, a really funny part of relationships too and the differences between the two people. Oh, cute, my delete later. <laughs> Oh, the motto of the day. No, but it is true. And I think we can, if we're open to it, you can learn a lot from the other person. Like maybe the next time you're feeling down Mal, and Brian just whips out those bands and he's boosting his confidence. Like we can be open to that sort of like mindset, but I think it is interesting, like observing the, you know, actions and even like the way we speak in different realms, you know, whether you're a man, woman, or just varying partners in a relationship, being like, being aware of how the other person like finds their confidence or feels good about themselves can really show you a lot about yourself. Cause as you said, it's that idea of like what he can accomplish in a couple minutes, <laughs> you can accomplish in five days or, you know, weeks, whatever it takes. Um, and so it makes you more aware of your own, you know, your own actions, beliefs, thoughts, uh, and can kind of like be an expansion too. Like you see them do that. Yeah. So kind of open the door. Um, and that happens. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. Other stuff too, because as I feel like something that why I say, like, obviously I feel like I have come really far in my recovery, but something I still struggle with is just eating times. I just still have a hard time with that. And I know that sounds stupid, but I think a lot of us do, especially because of this huge craze right now and intermittent fasting and all this crap. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but it is hard. It's a trigger that I'm responsible for and I know about. But Brian will have, like, we'll wake up at 6 a.m. and he's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, it's 6 a.m. Like, give me five seconds to breathe. And then we eat breakfast whatever time. And then it's 30 minutes later. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, my God. We just ate. But it's, you know, he's honoring his hunger cues. And sometimes I think I will try to not, not even avoid eating, but I'll want it to fit in a certain time. Like I won't want to eat. Oh, it's so early. I shouldn't eat. But what if I'm hungry? And sometimes when someone else says, oh, I'm hungry, you realize, wait, maybe I actually am too. And maybe you realize, oh, I actually do want a snack, even though I'm saying, oh, I don't need a snack. So that's the good thing too, is, you know, being around someone, even if it's not a partner, can help you realize all the things that you may be avoiding and it definitely does propel you in recovery because you don't always realize those things until there's someone that's bringing it up and you realize how afraid or maybe just resistant you are to doing what they're doing because they have a healthy relationship with food and you're like, nah, fam, I'm not having that snack with you. And they're like, why? And you're like, uh, I don't uh, know. <laughs> the hardest part too is like sometimes I think she can try and like push her like mealtime tendencies onto me. She's like, it's 3.30, you don't need a snack. I'm like, no, when I'm at work, I eat at three o'clock every single day. Like, I'm hungry, okay? And 
or and then like I'll try and make something that I know is like like I'll make popcorn right like that's an unavoidable smell like when you smell popcorn <laughs> you're like damn I need popcorn right so I don't know I try and just like stick to to my meal times I'm hungrier than most people I feel like I don't know but yeah but even as people that you know people like m and i and i don't want to speak for you but that could be a fierce snack you know an all carb snack that's not going to keep you full it's a quote-unquote waste and some people may look at it the opposite way some people be like oh that's a safe snack because it's lower and whatever neither one is right or wrong but you know, then Brian comes out with it and I'm like, oh, I don't need popcorn. But then I eat like half his bowl and he's like, you just said you didn't want popcorn. And it shows you, maybe you do, maybe you do want the freaking popcorn and you should just have it. But you have to kind of allow yourself to push through that fear. And it's just those constant reminders that help. So. But I think it's also good sometimes because she'll, you know, she has that mindset of, oh, that's a, you know, there's no benefit to eating popcorn. And it's like, yeah, probably not going to get full, but it tastes good. And then she's like, well, at least, you know, have some peanut butter and an apple with it. So, like, you're yeah. not starving again in five minutes. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's a balance because you don't maybe know how to put together a balanced snack. And then he's bothering me every 10 minutes with what snack he should eat. But also, it's good that you do oh, yeah. just have things to enjoy. And that's a good example for me. So, it's definitely the push and pull of going back and forth with yeah, it. Definitely. Like, I'll, there's definitely days where like I'll make a bag of popcorn and then 10 minutes later I'm back in the pantry and she's like you literally just ate the entire bag of popcorn. <laughs> no like, not yeah. like that like you ate popcorn this is why you yeah. need something else because you have a lot of needs because you work out and you know you're always burning the calories and all the stuff okay I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, and Mal, you come from, you're an RD, so it's like you have that nutritional mindset aspect going into it. And so it is like the fusion of let's be, you know, like mindful of the fact that, yeah, popcorn's not probably going to satiate you if you're actually hungry. Yeah. And then Brian coming at it like, well, yeah, but it's just hella good. Like, I, I just want the popcorn. <laughs> and I- Yes, yeah, like the knowledge bombs on me. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it makes sense. <laughs> And then you just kind of pick and choose when you want to follow them. Like some days it's just popcorn, some days it's more. But I like in what Mal was saying too about having it really be like anyone just to have that exposure. I mean, my brother is like, just like you, Brian. And the idea of like, he, like the way he like, works out, his hunger when he eats. And it's so funny hearing you guys discuss because it's how I feel with him where he wakes up and he's just like down, he rolls out of bed and he's making this like big breakfast. And here I am like, getting up early. I have to do my routine. And it's like, no, I can't eat until I do like all of this stuff. And it's really made me question, like, why am I doing like, I used to be like him. And same thing, like he'll just whip out the snack or he'll like eat during his workout. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you can't do that. And it is funny because once you do that a couple of times, it's like, wow, who's the normal one here? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it is just so funny. Like if you have someone in your life that you can look at, and see like you're so normal with food how can I be more like you it really like that's been a big a big help in my life even some friends who you know you go out to eat and they can order within two minutes because they just get what they want and there I am like not you know I'm not meaning to but in my mind I'm still you know I still struggle of like that yo-yo of like oh do I get this or that or so it's it's true like having someone around you that just has like a normal 
relationship to health, fitness, food is uh, amazing. Key, I think. Well, I think going back to like what we talked about earlier about, you know, struggles in the relationship, like with stuff like that is understanding each other's routines. Like when I, on a work day, I eat breakfast at seven every day when I get to work, right? Where her, she's not done with her morning routine yet. Like <laughs> she's still an hour away from breakfast. <laughs> so then when we're together at home, if it's like a, a work from home day or a weekend, I'm sitting here and it's, we got to find this balance because I'm starving at 6.30 and she's, we got to do daily stoic, lemon water and meditate drink coffee first, then, then we're in the breakfast mindset. <laughs> Wait, this morning we were doing our meditation. I would suggest yoga with Adrienne. She has a meditation if you like her or most would help. Anyway, that's a side tangent. And I'm trying to do my free meditation with Brian and his stomach is rumbling so loud. I can't even focus on the meditation, which is like, I mean, it's good. Your body's telling you what you need. But I'm like, Brian, I'm trying to meditate. And he's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Oh, anyway, that was just a tangent. But honestly, so funny when you think about it, just how, I mean, I don't know. It is funny. Neither one is right or wrong. But yeah, if you can't sometimes, maybe me and you, M, it's like maybe sometimes if we are hungry, we could just, I don't know, eat a snack or eat before we did our whole routine. But in our mind, we're like, no way. Routine comes first. Morning routine equals success. <laughs> me, I'm like, morning routine's out the window. My stomach's wrong. <laughs> food first. Oh. I know Mal and I, uh, we all, like the one day I posted on my story, I actually skipped my morning meditation because I was hungry, okay? And then for the rest of the day, I was such a bitch because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I had missed that meditation and people might roll their eyes at this, but Mal gets me because she slid up on that story and she was like, I feel you. I'm the same way. I did that. And so it is funny, like, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder what's an actual normal for me. You know, like, am I meant to wait to eat because I know I'll be better if I do my meditation? Or, like, do I honor the hunger? And it's meditate after breakfast. See, like, I'm, it's, it's something I'm still working on. Amal, you can probably relate, but you know, like, when you kind of are in recovery and you still have, like, the need to control something. So that's what the morning routine, it doesn't have to be that way, but it's kind of like your little moments of like, I'm doing this, this, and this in a row and disrupting that is like still something, yeah. you know, it's like a oof, big oof moment. But um, yeah. yeah. And M talked about, we talked about this when I put this video out, but there was a video where I let Brian decide my food for the day. And I my, mean, favorite Brian, I my favorite video, my favorite video. We need to do a rendition, but the thing is, is yeah, I, even though he knows pretty much what I want to eat, and also it's so much harder, I think we should do it again when we're here, but we were in Oklahoma, so there's not, you know, there's not a lot of freedom within options when you go out to eat and stuff, which was what we were doing. There's not a lot of tempting food there, to be honest. <laughs> okay, but it was still just crazy to me, because even when he was basically ordering what he knew I would like, I still had such a hard time not having the control around the meal, you know, not being able to ask the questions and do the just different stuff that we're used to doing. 
or even looking up the menu before I go to the restaurant, which I know is a bad habit, but also people with allergies can understand why. So it's that fine line of when, okay, you have allergies, you struggle with bloating, but you're trying to still do the right thing. And having someone control it is such a weird feeling, but I think we're going to do it again when we're in Austin, because there's so many places you can go and so many things that we can both eat. And so Brian knows I'm so particular about the things I want. And so I know that that will be an even better challenge for me, but it is crazy how much even taking away control from any part, you want to basically project that onto another area of your life and act like it's not coming from that same reasoning. <laughs> Brian, what was that experience like for you? Like, did you struggle to pick the foods that you kind of wanted to get and also knowing exactly how Mao likes to eat? Like, what was that experience like for you? Well, like, obviously, I still followed her allergy rules. Like, I'm not going to get her dairy and, and, like, you know, have her dying. But I still tried to, like, expand what she would normally eat out of the norm and order things that I know she would still enjoy. I don't, I wouldn't want to like order her food that she's not going to like at all either. Like just to prove a point, like, Oh, I get to control your food. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, be mean or whatever. So I still tried to order, order foods that I know she would like and still fit her allergies for sure. But it was definitely like the, her not, her not knowing what I was really going to order. Cause there's so many options on the menu and I would like to mess with her. I'd be like, Ooh, she's something good. Right. And she's like, what are you doing? Or, but, yeah. And just, you know, when we would go places, I do think, especially those additions, like he ordered fried okra, which I can eat, you know, and I, there's no reason why I cannot eat that. And yet it was, it was a challenge, but I loved it. Like it was so good and it was so fun but I would never personally order that myself or I would probably try to, you know, maybe steer him away from it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was, just finagle my way away from that. It was definitely like, <laughs> it was definitely more splurgy of a day too, because of, you know, the video. So I'm pretty sure we got donuts for breakfast that day. Yes. And then we went like out. No, to that was lunch. our snack. Actually. Oh yeah. That was our snack. We had two donuts, but those are, they were, donuts that I can have so he's like there's no reason why you can't have two donuts if you want them and I was like I guess you're right but, mm. yeah so it was, it was I get to be a little splurgier than than normal and get some you know extra good snacks that day Stuff he like loves that, that you know, day <laughs> it was fun though it was it was interesting to watch because Honestly, and I, I messaged Mal as I was watching it, actually, just watching it. I felt my heart, like, I felt anxiety over this idea of, like, someone picking my food. Like, no way. I mean, if I'm sick and laying on the couch, I will get up to make my own food. <laughs> because it's like, I don't trust my brothers going to, I don't know, prepare the crackers, right? Like, I don't, it's just so weird, like Mal said, we need that control. And, I mean, yeah, watching that gave me such anxiety, but it showed me like, wow, I'm getting anxiety watching somebody pick, you know, my friend's food. That's not probably a good, you know, a good thing to have. So it was a, you know, very eye-opening moment for myself too of like, wow, like that's something I could never do. So I need to work on that aspect of my life. And, you know, like when it does come to Mal's YouTube videos, 
has there been any like other things that, you know, now, when you're coming up with these ideas and you're filming the videos, have there been any other discoveries you've kind of made about yourself or this recovery process? And, you know, Brian makes an appearance in all of them. He is your co-star. So, like, I'm sure he's kind of been there along the way with you. Like, is there anything else you've kind of picked up doing those? Yeah, it's funny because I post about this on my Instagram. I chatted with you about it. But I got a comment on one of my videos, which I'm really lucky. I'm small enough that I don't really get that much hate yet. But you know, we all know how YouTube is if you're on it. It's a lot more ruthless because you can't track who the person is. It's commenting. But someone said, oh, seems like you're still orthorexic to me. Like you only eat the same foods. You eat the safe foods. And I do think it's a good awareness because I don't feel like at all I'm so orthorexic. Obviously, we talked about, you know, I have struggles or things that come up, but that is not where I'm at now, especially not compared to where I used to be. I mean, it's the girl that used to like cry when she forgot her food scale to weigh like a sweet potato. So, I mean, we're in a different place, but I do think it's good because it makes me aware to say that's, and that's why I put out the what I eat in a day from yesterday of a celebration because sometimes when you're filming you know usually film during the week you put out something and the food almost looks the exact same or maybe it's a little bit too tainted towards healthier foods and it doesn't give a full representation and I do think Brian can say and look at that comment and be you know that's really not you you're really not still that way but also at the same time say oh well maybe you should show a day where we have drinks and we eat cinnamon rolls for breakfast and how that you can just go through that day and you're still very relaxed and I did not feel stressed at all that day whereas in the past I would so I think it's good to have that balance and have someone that kind of you know especially as comments start to come in it's good to have someone that can both give you criticism like constructive criticism be like hey maybe you are kind of doing that maybe you're showing a bad example uh, especially in a community as sensitive as the one that we try to advocate in and be there for, but also someone that says, okay, that's just crap. That's not true. That's just someone else rejecting your problem. So I think that's really helpful to have my co-star here. He finagled his way in there too. Let me tell you guys, he loves being in the videos and when you guys support him and tell him that you like him in the video. I'm not going to say people like me and Otis a lot, but... <laughs> But it's, it's just the truth. <laughs> uh, no, and I think that, oh yeah. made those cinnamon rolls in that movie. I didn't, or in that video, I did not request them. I wanted them. to surprise you. I came home to a surprise cinnamon roll and I was very happy. Very happy. If in the video, there's a time lapse and mine literally disappears. Yeah. Yours disappears? <laughs> in oh, like five seconds. I ate it so fast. Well, I was... Yeah, I mean, I was watching uh, I was watching the video and I had had like a typical, you know, breakfast bowl and just watching like you just like you're like we're just going to make cinnamon rolls and I'm like hell yeah, like I, I want to make cinnamon rolls now. And it's it's just so true where I think sometimes we make especially okay, so like especially it's tricky with Instagram, right? Because we're constantly figuring out like how can I photograph this meal and Sometimes it gets tricky, I feel, because we photograph things we're comfortable with or we have often, we have more opportunities to photograph them. So people don't see always, you know, the times where we're, you know, having cookies alongside our dinner or late night baking or cinnamon rolls for breakfast. And it just gets kind of swept under the rug. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I love 
that YouTube video for it because it just really showed like throughout your day, just these fun, normal meals. And you, you weren't stressed about them. You were just kind of like living life and having fun. And I think that's something that, you know, people do need to see just as much as, you know, like normal day of eats too, but you're doing good. You know, you're my fave YouTube. So that's the best compliment ever. <laughs> you're a fave podcast. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, now you're on the podcast, so I'd hope so. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, if you guys have, I'll cut this out. If you guys have anything else you want to discuss for the actual podcast, we can. Otherwise, I can insert the closing there. And I remember if there's anything else. I don't think so. It's funny because in that YouTube, so during the time when I was making the cookies, that's when we were on the phone. So, like, I obviously put out a lot of yeah, the phone that was right there, that was us making the cookies. I also thought it was funny because literally in the beginning, you can see there's like the phone there and then I'm making the dough. Then Brian comes over and starts eating the dough and I start pushing Brian out of the way to try to get my dough. And I was just like, if that is not the most accurate shit I've ever seen right there. But yeah, we were talking to you the whole time. <laughs> I, I was watching it and I was like, wait, I think this is the day they called me that night. And yeah. I was like trying to think along the timeline. I was like, they must have like, they either called me, they either made these cookies way later than it seems, or they were like <laughs> talking to me while they were making cookies. And I was like, that is amazing. I love it. I was almost right there with you. I would have yeah, appreciated some cookies. Sure. But... I know. Oh, See, that was a great day eating. We had, well, we had cinnamon Brian's rolls. Brian's favorite days. We had eating. margaritas. And then we had cookies. Not margarita well, slushies. Yeah, white claw slushies. Unmentioned Brian's like three other white claws. <laughs> that was a happy hour. That was a good, it was a I Thursday, mean, right? Yeah, I mean, and then I literally Thursday. ate half a batch of oatmeal cookie dough. What can you do? I mean, so, uh, great day in my books. That's, that's like living the best life that's right there. I mean, come on. That's what else could be better. You know what I'm saying? Quarantine yeah. 2020 mood. We need to do a, we'll need to do a day. Can you imagine if you come out? We're like, you know what? Brian decides Mallory and M's food for the day. Mal, for I was, I was going to say that when you were saying that, I was like, when I come to Austin, I want, yeah. Brian, I want you to do that for both of us because I, I'll need Mal support. Like we yeah, all be we like, yeah, just give me the food allergies. I'll make sure you don't die, but I'll I'm, the, with it. I'm the same yeah. with Mal. So no gluten, no dairy. Um, and if she has anything else, but yeah, we'll, we'll go for it. And I am, I'd be very happy for some donuts because I cannot, there's no donuts around me that I could actually eat without getting sick. So in Oklahoma, which does not make sense, are literally the best donuts I've ever had. But there's a place here that I want to try. But that's the thing about Austin that's, like, good but scary. Like, in Oklahoma, we were going to places we had been because they were, like, there's no places you can go. And I was, like, oh, I already know I like this. I knew who would order it. But here, like, there's so many options and there's so many menu options we can eat. And I'm just, like, oh, gosh, so give many, me what I want. <laughs> so as kind of, like, a final wrap-up, I'm just curious. You know, Mao, you can start first, Brian, whoever wants to go. Overall, like, what would be a piece of advice you'd give for someone that, you know, maybe they want to tell their partner that they're struggling, or maybe they want to, you know, like, set a boundary with their partner during recovery of, like, hey, can you not say these words? Can you not bring up these topics to me right now? Just, like, in general, in the realm of, 
eating disorders and recovery, what's like one piece of advice that you would give someone in a relationship just really looking to, you know, work on themselves, but also make sure that their relationship doesn't suffer from this, you know, crazy world of disordered eating? Yeah. I know that we already talked about the communication, so I feel like that's kind of the biggest one, but also, you know, it's a little bit basic. So to go further into that, I think that when you are ready to speak with them, which I do think it's better to do that sooner than later, I wish I had done that sooner. And I don't think I was purposely avoiding it. It was honestly an issue within myself that I was avoiding the deeper issue of my own problems, which is hard because then that person, your partner's trying to figure it out and you're trying to figure it out. But when you are ready, do it in an environment that is conducive to success. Because if you don't, then you could get a completely different reaction. So we've talked about this, and this can be taken out of just a recovery spectrum. But when you think about recovery, it's a very charged topic. And it's also really hard to understand. And a lot of people need even a few days to really get what you even just shared with them. They may not understand the mindset. They may not understand all these crazy words that we have, like orthorexia, anorexia, and all this all this stuff. They may have no idea what that even is. So I think that when I shared, not that everybody has to do this, but Brian doesn't always know the right words to say in the moment. Not, I mean, I love him, but I'm much more a conversationalist, and Brian really needs to think about things. And then- <laughs> no, but you don't always say the right thing in the moment. You don't always exactly say what you mean either. Yeah. So if I were to just come in on a, like after work and just say, oh, Brian, like, I just want to let you know, he would be totally caught off guard and probably try to fix the situation, quote unquote, which then I would get upset about whatever on and on. So me doing a video that I was going to film for YouTube and then showing him that he kind of had a second to digest it and then think about his response and what he wanted to say. And I think that set him up for more success. And obviously don't feel like you need to create a freaking YouTube video and do that. But there are a lot of ways to do something where it puts you guys in a scenario, maybe that you feel comfortable with a time when you're both feeling open to sharing or that you're in a good mood. Just, I wouldn't spring it on someone when they're not ready because it is so much to take in. And I think a lot of people do feel a sense of guilt that they maybe led you to this and that they it could be partially their fault so a lot of people will become defensive naturally even if they don't want to be because they're sad seeing that you're hurt or that you're struggling so i think that's my biggest tip of advice and i think that's why when i finally started to share in a more clear way it really helped to get me further in my recovery and also get us on the same page, which definitely minimizes just not arguments because we're not, we don't really argue, but just kind of disagreements or places where we don't see eye to eye or that we're confusing before. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of like what you said, definitely sooner than later, like once you feel that you're comfortable with it, because looking back, like the number of tiffs or whatever we had about, literally like food and where we want to go eat or what we want to make for dinner that could have probably been avoided if I like fully understood it it would have been a lot different and you know that could take a relationship both ways you could realize like okay this isn't the person and you'd end up avoiding years of suffering or Mm -hmm. you 
let the person know and it makes the relationship better sooner. So I think definitely sooner than later if you can. And then as like the partner, like don't beat yourself up like you're doing as much as you can. And but like you can't always feel guilty. You have to understand that there's stuff that they need to work through on their own and they just need you to be there to let like facilitate, you know. So just being just being there for them and not taking it like too personally. Yeah, just like trying to figure out how do they need you in that moment and not like, you know, kind of being certain not to overstep boundaries of being like a fixer. I'm going to come in and, you know, help you resolve everything because that isn't the case. Like nobody can fix all of our problems for ourselves. Okay, let's be honest here. That was probably my favorite conversation I have ever recorded for the podcast, Um, mainly just because they're both amazing humans and I was laughing throughout very much a lot of that episode. I really hope you guys found something to take away, something resonated, um, and I hope you got some laughs too because I think that's important. So let us know what you thought. You can find us all on Instagram. Mallory is on there at MalsFitKitchen. I'm at Emily Feichels, and Brian's is linked below because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Anyway, you guys can find us, tag us, let us know what you thought, and thank you as always for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.